This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Today on State of the World, a vital Ukrainian port hangs on despite Russian attacks. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. I'm Greg Dixon. During almost two years of war, Russia has done its best to destroy Ukraine's grain export industry, a crucial part of the Ukrainian economy. Russian attacks and threats have almost shut down commercial shipping in the Black Sea. But Ukraine has found a workaround, as NPR's Joanna Kakissis tells us. The city of Ismail in southwestern Ukraine is just across the Danube River from Romania. It feels like an overlooked place. The roads are uneven, the houses are humble, and the port here seems at first like nothing special. But in the last six months, Ismail has become one of the busiest harbors in Ukraine. Zahar Medvedev runs the terminal here for Nibulon, one of Ukraine's largest agribusinesses. We're standing along the river shore. Here's where we load up the wheat, he says, as a mechanical arm moves grain from a truck to a river barge. And you can see the rest of our fleet right there, waiting for cargo, he says, pointing to more barges lined along the coast. The barges will follow the Danube until it empties into the Black Sea, then transfer the cargo onto larger ships near the Romanian coast. Medvedev says the founder of Nibulon started moving some operations here after Russia's full-scale invasion nearly two years ago. Now, he says, nearly all of our grain cargo leaves from Ismail. Ukraine produces about 10 percent of the world's wheat. Commercial ships are evading Russia's blockade of the Black Sea by hugging Ukraine's southwest coast. Shipments leave from both Black Sea ports and the Danube, eventually reaching territorial waters of NATO countries like Romania and Turkey. Ukraine is once again dependably shipping grain, says Ihor Plechov, the mayor of nearby Reni, another Danube river port. Plechov says that on busy days, trucks delivering grain can get stuck in line for days, waiting to offload their cargo. Imagine like 5,000 trucks trapped in a city of 5,000 people, Plechov says. It's a struggle to provide them with food, water, toilets. Before the war, he says, this port was barely used. It was run down and drowning in debt. And this region, known as Bessarabia, is remote. To get here, you have to drive through another country, Moldova. And after that, you drive another two hours through wetlands to reach Ismail or Reni. Most people here speak Russian, including Reni's mayor, Plehov. I mean, all of our TV stations here used to be in Russian, he says. We needed to get a satellite to get Ukrainian-language programming. He used to joke that he knew more about Russian politicians than Ukrainian ones. Now this war has turned the locals against Russia. Ivan Tatarinov, a history professor at Ismail's university, says the city removed the statue of a Russian general, and everyone in town is now encouraging each other to speak Ukrainian. 
We all know someone who is fighting, and we all volunteer to help soldiers on the front line, he says. Every one of us is trying to save Ukraine. The region's newfound importance has made it a target of Russian strikes, despite its close proximity to Romania, a NATO country. Russia hits the Ukrainian ports here at least every week. At Ismail's port, grain trade manager Stanislav Chimber points to three silos damaged by a recent Russian missile attack. Amazingly, he says, the corn and wheat inside did not burn. No cargo was damaged. Oh, you mean the grain was fine? Yeah. All, you could yeah, still yeah. transport it? Uh, so you were lucky. Yeah, very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but these days in Ismail, he says, you never know when your luck will run out. We hope that's the last strike, but we don't know, like, it will be... The missiles have also struck residential areas. Ihor Skorobreja works for a member of parliament from the area, and he shows me around. He points to a ruined cottage on a busy street. I know the woman who lived there, he says. She was retired, and the missile attack hurt her really badly. Skorobreja says his wife, a psychologist, has been holding group therapy sessions for a place that, until now, felt so far away from the war. Back at the port, Zahar Medvedev, the Nibulon manager, tells us the company's terminal has been hit twice. He shows us one of the newly built bomb shelters. We have our own warning system that announces air raid alerts, he says, and we make sure all of our workers go to the shelters. The company's CEO, Oleksiy Vadatorsky, had for years warned other Ukrainian grain dealers that Russia would weaponize the Black Sea. Medvedev says it was a prescient warning. Oleksiy knew we had to find another way to export grain, Medvedev says. His company started building this terminal in May 2022 and finished three months later in September. But he wasn't here to see the first cargo leave. Oleksiy Vadatorsky was killed by a Russian missile strike on his home in southern Ukraine. But his company is surviving and its terminal here is expanding. As the sun sets, a small army of tractors digs up fresh earth and sand along the Danube River. Joanna Kakissis, NPR News, Ismail, Ukraine. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. When voters talk during an election season, we listen. We ask questions, we follow up, and we bring you along to hear what we learned. Get closer to the issues, the people, and your vote at the NPR Elections Hub. Visit npr.org elections. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Charles Schwab with its original podcast on investing. 
Each week, hosts Lizanne Saunders, Schwab's chief investment strategist, and Kathy Jones, Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, along with their guests, analyze economic developments and bring context to conversations around stocks, fixed income, the economy, and more. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com oninvesting or wherever you get your podcasts.